And yes, the conversation is on and we welcome you to join us. This is Political Artistry this evening at Lagos Talks 913 with me, Olua Kayede. I hope you're ready for this roller coaster ride we're having this evening. Our guest is seated. Uh, the mics are on, the lights are on. Let's get the show started. <music> So like I said, welcome to the show. My name is Ulua Kadi and this is Political Artistry. I have a wonderful guest in the studio with us this evening, getting the show started with us. You know how we do it. We talk about politics, we talk about life, we talk about experiences, we talk about everything, everything and anything that works in and around us. And uh, you can join us live on Instagram. We're on Instagram live right now. Now you see my beautiful guest as we're talking politics. It's an era where we want to, you know... Um, uh, you know, just change the system, introduce some new faces, introduce dynamism, some youthful flair into it. Well, um, I'm saying youthful flair, but I don't know if my my guest will fall into that category of a youth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. Actually. You think you do. Yeah. All right. Well, my guest in the studio is an aspirant of the APC in Ite Ogun. Okay, it's Ogunwat. Okay, Ogunwat's side and uh, Ijebu East and Ijebu North Federal Constituency. And her name is Damilola Otubanjo, right? That's correct. Great. Welcome to the studio, Damilola. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. And how are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm excited you're here with us in the studio. And I hope you're ready for the ride. I believe I can swing along. You can swing along. Well, yeah. that's what our viewers on Instagram and our listeners uh, on Lagos Talks want to hear this evening. Of course, if you're watching, uh, she is a politician and uh, she's uh, aspiring. Yeah, that, that, that tickled, tingled you, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that tickled you a little, sorry. It tickled, when I say a politician, you... Politician yeah. sort of have a reputation that mm. I'm struggling to... To adapt to. to adapt to, oh, yes. I but I guess it is what it is. If you're going to be in governance, you have to take the title politician. Yes, I'm a politician. <laughs> okay, what, what's that? What's that? When you hear politician or politics, what, what comes to your mind? Well, pretty much governance. Mm. I was in service and I understand the difference between civil servants and public servants is just the roles that it play. Okay. So it's pretty much service for me. It comes with a lot of other games and attachments, which is mm. really what is more popular for than the real assignment. But above and beyond that, politics to me is just governance. Okay. So you were in civil service. And uh, yes. uh, first of all, I mean, you have a, a first degree in physics with electronics from Olabisi Onobanjo University in Agogo, Nigeria, mm. and a second degree in renew- renewable energy uh, engineering from uh, Kingston University in London. And um, you joined the Lagos State Government afterwards and uh, under the Ministry of Energy Mineral Resources, driving novel power projects in the renewable energy space. You went ahead to uh, work on um, a creation of research and development units in the ministry. Before you came, there was no research and development unit in the ministry. Is that it? So why did you think at that point you needed one? Well, because pretty much engineering, sciences is pretty much about research and development. Mm. And I felt that gap was there, so I discussed it with the commissioner then, okay. who was comfortable enough to let us try new something. I had to work with a team, identify fellow colleagues of my own grade level, mm. and develop the 
framework for research and development. And it was pretty much on that that we activated that. Yeah. And you also went ahead to uh, work with the Lagos State Electricity Board before, uh, and uh, I mean, you joined it as the head of solar departments. I was in charge of the Lagos Solar Project in charge of maintenance of the systems. Mm. Prior to going to the board, I was in the Ministry of Energy and Mineral Resources under okay. the Department of Power. All right. Then when I got seconded to the agency, I was in charge of Lagos Solar because primarily that is my own core area. That was mm. my own core profession, renewable energy. So the GM at the time felt, Damlola, you are the best person to handle this department and she put me in charge of it, even though at the grade level I wasn't qualified to head the department. Yeah. Mm. So you upset the system a bit. Not much, but just try to make impact mm. as much as I could at the time. I, I see, I see. But one would wonder, why then did you leave the mm. service? <laughs> <laughs> I believe I, I, I went into service deliberately. Mm. When we're younger and we set into university, we usually just get what is available. Okay. As we become older, we're more clear on our path and how we want to go in life. So when I was done from uni and came back into the country, I knew specifically that I wanted to work in the ministry and I wanted to be in the Department of Power because for me, it's about utilizing the skill. I couldn't have gone to uni, acquire all the skill, go through all the rigor of study and then come back and not apply that knowledge. And I felt that Nigeria was ripe enough for solar technology, as it were, and the wind technology, pretty much so. I was looking forward to doing hands-on projects following what I did in university, mm. which was a theoretical knowledge. Now there's a chance for me to do the practical aspect. So you use Lagosians as your guinea pig? No, Lagos was already ripe for Lagos was already ripe for for solar. They were doing it already. I wasn't the first person to initiate it. Okay. There was a lot of projects coming up and then I just fit into that existing wave. That was pretty much all I did. What you did, okay. All right, so uh, at what point did you realize... Okay, before I even go into that, how old were you when you joined? Okay, maybe I shouldn't just go and ask the unimaginable. Ladies don't like to tell their age. How old are you now? I'm currently 38 years old. Okay, all right. I don't have any problem telling Don't have any... Okay, yeah, that, that means you're ready for office. Yes, I am. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, how old were you when you joined the ministry? I did, I did civil service for five years, and I joined in 2012. Okay. I'm going to have to back it up a bit. Back it up a bit. So I mean, when you're yeah. 30s, they're about... Yeah, okay. I was in my late 20s. Late 20s, yeah, okay. I think I was 27, 28. Okay. So. Now, a lot of people look at civil service as a place, a retirement home. <laughs> How was it? How was the experience there? I had a good time. There was was everything they said civil service was and more. Mm. But one thing that scared me and what took me out of service very quickly was the fear of being redundant. Okay. There's a high chance, just like you talk about retirement, there's yes. a high chance of you winding down and becoming rusty if you stay in it for too long. And like I said, I knew what I wanted to do. I had a plan to go into service and do five years, and that was what I did. Even before my set five-year plan, I knew that I needed to check out. But for me, the lessons, the skills, the experience was critical for my long-term journey. Okay. So I went into service because of my political ambition. I knew that at some time I'll be running for office and I know the skill and the experience that would add value, significant value mm. to how I would fare in public service. Public service, all right. So if nothing could have kept you in public service, is that what you're saying? In civil service. Uh, yeah, sorry, in uh, civil yes, service. I yes, I knew I didn't want to be a permanent secretary. 
I knew right <laughs> from the beginning that I'm not going in for 35 years in service. Mm. I knew it was about a short time for the long time. Okay. So I knew I'd set five years to do service, and I did exactly that. I could, I could have stopped a bit earlier, actually. I was pretty frustrated. Mm. Not with anybody, but because of the pace of civil service. Mm. There's a way the bureaucracy slows down the entire managery and makes you not as effective as you should be following the different structure of public service, of mm. civil service. Civil service, yeah. So that really frustrated me. If you're a young person who is very dynamic, who believes in results, and you're having to follow a particular set of rules or you have to work with a particular director who mm. you think you probably is obsolete and rusty, <laughs> and then you have to just queue in line or there's a popular term that says, wait for your turn uh-huh. type of phrase. Okay. You just feel, what am I doing here? I thought I was coming to offer something. If it's not going to be appreciated, Different. I might as well just check out. Mm. So um, with the way our civil service is structured, do you think Nigeria can ever be great? Because... When you're talking about energy, for example, uh, the future is renewable energy. We need to, you know, we need clean energy. And looking at the way our system is structured, in other climes, people are, well, I, like, I don't like to use that word, but I've used it already. In other climes, people are, you know, they're, 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 they're changing over to renewable energy. But for us, we're still making it look like it's uh, rocket science. Do you think our country can ever be great with the kind of civil service that we have? Mm. It's a very tough one, and I, I believe there's need for change. Just like the slogan of APC, change. Mm. For anything, we cannot continue to do the same thing the same way and expect a different result. Okay. So that goes back to if we continue in the same vein, definitely we're going to continue to receive the same results we received over the time. Mm. And if it is not satisfactory, it means we need to change our approach. Definitely. So I believe that the civil service needs a serious restructuring and reconditioning reconditioning yes of the mental space and of the system structure itself if we're going to really achieve anything significant or worthwhile when it comes to development of the country so our current level of thinking definitely cannot take us to the next level of manifestation we need to change we need to make adjustments if we're really going to experience significant so is can any public servants make Nigeria great then? Because if you're saying we need a change in the civil service, how do we get there? And what can a public servant do? For example, a state governor, a member of a national assembly, a president, what can they do? They can do a lot, but they can do much more by collaboration. There's something called government, private, public-private partnership. Mm -hmm. We need to leverage everybody's resource, everybody's network, everybody's expertise. Mm. The government cannot do everything in its own. The The government is not really structured to do business. It is structured to do governance. And then it hands over the project to the private sector to do business. So there is need for a proper integration of public-private partnership for us to have a functioning system. So yes, the president has his own role, the legislators have their own role, the governors and every arm of government have their responsibility. Mm. But it is not something that they can do entirely and exclusively alone. We still need some form of private partnership. All right, so how then do we get the civil service to function if looking at where we are right now, looking at how, should I say, obsolete our system is and how, um, you know, stagnated the, it, the, appears. it appears to be. Yeah. Because I don't want us to be very of course, definitive definitely. when we don't have facts. Mm-hmm. I believe currently, with my experience in the Lagos State Government, there's a lot of partnership with government and private sector. The Lagos Solar, for example, was a project that was developed with private sector integration. Okay. We had to bring in DFID, an international company, to do that mm-hmm. work. So it 
shows that if we identify that we have weaknesses in some areas and we're willing to augment it by partnership, definitely yeah. we would get better quality governance and improvement in the workforce. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go back to your childhood. You studied in uh, Olabisi Onobanjo University mm-hmm. and went for from physics to um, renewable energy at uh, Kingston University in London. Tell us about your childhood, growing up, education. Where did you grow up? I grew up here in Lagos. That's where I went to school in Ogo State. And I've been having a lot of back and forth with Lagos and Ogo State. Okay. But then I always felt that I needed an international exposure, which is what studying abroad would give me. And I would say it's one of the best education I've ever seen. Not in terms of the degree, but in terms of the exposure, the understanding, the rigor, and really going through a proper university. Because trust me, Nigerian universities do not give you that. Without trying shades on them, if you have the privilege of traveling or schooling abroad, mm. you would understand that there's a lot of joke in our system when it comes mm. to educational system. The environment is not enabling. You find people with very sound mind who are not able to fully develop because they have limiting environment for study. And I was blessed enough to have a balance of both. So with the benefit of hindsight, if I ever get into governance, which is what I'm planning to do, I know areas that we can work on in terms of the educational system. Okay. Because trust me, it's a huge All right, so we'll, we'll get to that bit um, very soon and uh, when you get to governance. But uh, you, so you went, to, before you went to university, you grew up in Lagos. Which area did you grow up? What did you do? I as a grew kid? up. Did, uh, you, did my you do 1010 10 as a kid? <laughs> and <laughs> my life was rough and tough. Oh, tell me about it. I think it's it. one it of the things. I know we don't look like what we've what been we've through. Been through right? <laughs> my life was tough and rough. Trust me, it's one of the things that's made me who I am today. I'd okay. not had a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't grow up with a good family together. My parents, okay. I mean. Yeah. I grew up in a separated family, grew up with a grandma, grew up in my village, grew up in Lagos, went through rough, tough life. Okay. And, and when you say your village, where is that? Ogun Waterside. Okay. I lived in my hometown for some years before I came back to join the primary school. Yeah, in Lagos. So my early years were pretty much in the village before my dad brought us back to Lagos to then go to school. Mm. So I was in Obanikoro. I went to Shepardi Primary School in Obanikoro. Okay. Then I had a secondary school in St. Saviour's. And went to Sue, trust me, it was tough. Mm. <laughs> you know, when you're just taking what's available, not really taking what you wanted. What you want. I wanted to go to Ibadan. Okay. You know, but then they gave me something in education and physics, and I said, no, I'm not going to be a teacher. <laughs> we, always have, <laughs> we always have the belief that if you go to a, a teaching, something teaching as a yes. course, you're going to be a teacher. I said, no, I didn't want to be a teacher. So I opted to do a pre degree science course in Olabisiano physics okay all right so um so as a child i mean said you you so that means you were very hands-on you're very quote-unquote rural did you do farming as a kid i did farming in fact i know how to make gari from start to finish really i'm telling you from ah. the time we get the cassava to peeling it to grinding it to sieving it, okay, to frying it. And do you know the amazing thing about the process is that these were Tell things that it. I experienced before the mm. age of six. And Ooh. it stayed with me. Before the age of six? Yes, because I left my hometown to go and do primary school. Oh, well, but it's you, you, oh, le, uh-huh. you understand? Okay. So I went back to the school mm. and I learned all of these Gary processes. 
as a young that's why i know that our best formative years are really between the ages of zero and six that's the early years yes a lot of what i remember of how they make that rate, i experienced it between that year two and six, six. Mm. and it stuck with me just like there is no process ABC. There's no process in Gary making that is new to me. Mm. When I went back, now that I go to do my hometown because of grassroots politics and yeah. everything, and I see the entire process, it brings back this nostalgic feeling. Like, oh my you, God. You, you feel I like connect. relocating to <laughs> no, the village. I don't want to relocate. <laughs> I want to stay in the town and be able to go home and mm-hmm. still feel part of the people. Okay. Because when I see people, that's their pan. Mm. I am aware. You know, there's something you have to put on your side for the heat to protect to protect your skin from okay. getting there's a particular wooden pan that they use for every of that process is ingrained into my subconscious mind mm. and i can reiterate it back to back and it's amazing that i got exposed to all of that even before the age of six all right so so that. tell me now since you're talking gary which i love so much i hope yeah Gary. <laughs> <don't call laughs> so what's what's your favorite as uh, side uh what should i say or accompaniment with gary is it groundnuts is it uh agbon? is it uh, beans i haven't is had it... gary in a while funny why is that you're because, missing out because one day there's new I, technology one in day i ate a bar okay. and i climbed the skill and i saw that i gained two kg <laughs> and then i ran <laughs> since then i'm telling you as much as i love gary and i know the best of gary because mm. i made gary for years i see i know a good one that they are flavored with lime mm-hmm. and the one that they are allowed to to uh, what's the word to become Ferments, to dry. ferment okay. properly, yeah. you know, there's a there's a period of fermentation. fermentation the yeah. quality of um, the cassava seed itself determines how well the gari will come out. Mm. So sometimes, because of the rush, they use lime to make it have that sour taste. Okay. So I can even tell the difference. The difference. Yes, even the ones they mix with palm oil, I know mm. how they do it. You just like you have well wine tasters. You have yes. gari samplers. Yes, as well. you can tell. <laughs> you know, and the one from my hometown, Waterside, is one of the best. And part of my plan, really. Mm is to put waterside gari on the map. I see. To make it an export product. Interesting. Because trust me, we produce one of the finest and the best gari on waterside. Mm. Yes. Okay, okay. You know, we can, we'll come back to talk about <laughs> that gari beat and the waterside <laughs> angle to it. But let's just take this show, bro. You, you, you like, you listen to a bit of new school and the like. So mm-hmm. we're looking at Burner Boy right now. Okay. And Dangote, you know, since you need money for politics. I do. So let, let, let's see <laughs> I if do by crying it. out to Dangote, we can raise some money. <laughs> let's and, hope we shall do that. I guess so. Yeah. So when we come back, we'll talk a bit about that uh, what we did yesterday and um, the uh, random act of kindness season and uh, we'll talk a bit about that and uh, we'll continue with our conversation with Damnola Otubangio. Stay tuned. I think it's better we come back to the studio and have our guest uh, do a bit of this tune before we get along with the interview. So I'm just going to raise the, the volume for you to sing along. She seems to be saving her voice for campaign, <laughs> but uh, I think we can deal with that for now. <laughs> okay, so 
I mean, after after childhood, growing up here and there, and um, Lagos and Ogun State, uh, what are the fond memories you have? Mm, fun. There's mm. a lot of fond memories I've had growing up, but a lot of tough ones too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. share, maybe share the tough ones. Let's see what you what you call tough. Maybm some will just say this one is tough. It's not like that. It's not like that, eh? Life was tough. But I think it's what makes us who we are. And I do not take um I do not want to trade my life with anyone else. I love my life. I love mm. what it's taught me. Okay. I love that. It's been a tough one, you know. Some of my friends call me the iron lady because of really how tough I can be. But I think that's what has made my my own story unique to myself, mm, mm. and I'm grateful for those moments. Okay. Sometimes you would really want this cup to pass over you, like most people. Mm. But understanding that this is it, and this is part of your journey. Yeah, you I mean the way the way you're sounding, it feels like yeah, we know. Okay, saying you had a tough childhood, maybe there were days you went to bed hungry. Well, look, Hunger is normal. Hunger is normal. Is normal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sharing meal and eating what's available is normal. Is normal I walked yeah. as a child, you okay. know, you all, and I love them. I love those times, especially for my grandmother. I learned how to do raffia mats. Okay. Because I would follow her to Badagri to go and buy our, our products. Okay. And would keep an eye. And as a young girl, I was very, very entrepreneurial. I would get some side money and start a small business. I was selling a odupo, <laughs> sweet potato with yeah. dry pepper. You were selling Those that yourself. Those were my business okay. on the side while I'm keeping an eye on my grandmother's words. And all those times, I didn't think he was suffering. We didn't consider that as suffering mm. because when you're going through a difficult time and there was love in the house, it's natural. You don't know any better, anyways. That's yeah, life. We are that age, yes. You could see some other people having it better, but then you just say, "This is my life." Mm. And because when you are, let's say, not very—I don't want to use the word poor—when you're living in a very tough place, you find similar people like yourself. Yes. So mm. everybody is everybody. Unfortunately, there was no internet thing. to put pressure on you. You then. know, no pressure. We go to government schools, and we all are similar. You mm. can tell that some people have better life but you love your life you can tell them getting in a car you wonder is but you will enjoy life when you walk you from walk. The, <laughs> from the school <laughs> to the house and mm. you use your transport money to buy zobo or something way, or, you know. it was three for us it was a fun part of growing up mm. it is now that we parents are more comfortable that we overprotect our children and we sometimes do not even have allow them have those character building experiences experience, that is yeah. important for how we grew up, mm. that because of love or because we don't want to suffer, sometimes we let, we have to let our children really go through life. True. But then I later repented from trying to make my children jump on napep and go on <laughs> tough Why? life because I felt their life is different. Mm. I understand that that was your life. You don't need to project your suffering and your struggle on your children. Mm-hmm. They have a different time. They have a different experience. So the thinking that they have now would drive the life that that they would have. Don't try to force your own thinking on them because you mm. think it made you better. No, it made you you. Their own current level they of need thinking to will be. make them them. All right. So that means at the point we were trying to make them There experience. were times when I wanted my kids to experience a bit of toughness because mm. I felt that shielding and overproviding for kids is bad. But when I came to an understanding that no, children that are grown up and well-to-do family. They're not necessarily bad. A bad child is a bad child. You respect the way they grow up. Mm. That's how you have children going through tough environment become thugs. Mm-hmm. And some will become doctors. So it's not about the environment, really. It's about the child and what is innate in and them. And the love the child gets from home. What is in them. 
their own their own destiny, their own path in life okay. that really manifests. So when I see people who had a very good life and they're still good people, then you don't need to force your children to have a bad life just because you think you want to teach them something. <laughs> they really there's something messed up with that. All right, all right. So growing up, were you a um, a grandma's girl? Were you a tomboy? Did you do everything grandma said you should do? Did it's, you go off at some point? Ah, I remember how my grandma used to wake me up at night to cane me for bad behavior. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I was a good young woman, but I was highly opinion, opinionated. Yes. I always felt that I always questioned things. I always felt that grandma closed any because I grew up my grandma because my parents were separated. Yeah. So sometimes I would be disobedient. I was a tomboy because I didn't grow the female parts very quickly. On as okay. a young girl, I had delayed with puberty. So I was just like a guy with my friends, and I was just really more with the guys. Because <laughs> to me, the ladies were just too sissy and too mm. self-conscious, and I didn't have to bother with all of that. So. I was a bit of a tomboy and I was a bit of a rebellious child. Oh. You know, so I would disobey sometimes, I'll be naughty sometimes, and my grandma would be quiet. And when I sleep, she'll wake me up and remind me and flog me. When she did it to me twice, do you know what I did to stop her from doing no. it? I refused to sleep in the house. <laughs> when it's time to go to bed, I say, Me, wale wasu, mama. When it was me, wale wasu. Because <laughs> she's a jebu. Because somebody swear man on me. When I did it to her, she was terrified. She stopped beating me at I night see. again. Yes. But what's with beating kids at night? I don't know. I know so many parents back then. They, they wake you, you up at night and flog you for something you had forgotten. And sometimes it's even with a whoop, they wake you out of yeah. sleep. I'm like, that's so terrifying and that's child abuse. I mean, come on. Kill me when I do the nonsense, you not know, after. Not at night when my <laughs> brain is even settled. So I'm I not... will rebel, I will reject food, and I will refuse to go into the house to sleep. And she doesn't like her food going to waste. Ah. So she will beg me. And one thing I didn't like as a child was head of fish. Me like it. Just the middle is fine. There are so many conditions to hosting you right now. I think I will, I'm just very self-aware. Hmm. So there's some things that I would like, that there's some things that I would not talk about. Right. Doing, doing. Hmm. Okay, so let, let, let's let's come back to now. And uh, you, so you left civil service hmm. and uh, went into your line of My business. Passion of business. Yes, yeah. and, and that is where, that's what got me a bit unsettled. Because hmm. if you're living uh, energy, to fashion it's it's almost two, two opposite worlds, apart, worlds. Right? yeah so why can you leave this place and be here oh and this is, bang this is, which <laughs> voice did you did you hear that's okay wash your wash your wash your wash and the thing about life is we're many things in one life definitely and we need to learn to embrace every aspect of our life so as that we much can as have you a, can nothing is stopping you that's one thing i discovered about life mm. nothing can stop you but your mental thinking and programming I realized that there were times when I would say that and I think I want to have a particular experience. Mm -hmm. Many of us are just more afraid to leave. We're more afraid of the fear of failure than the possibility of success. If we can take a chance on life and swim out and fail if I fail or succeed if I succeed, mm. I'm big on self-development. I think that's one of the things that's helped me a lot. Okay. So I realized that though it was the worst that can happen, Milola, you would funk at it, but you will learn. You will never be the other guy who never tried. Mm. So with that mindset, I know that. And because I believe in reincarnation, there's every there's a lot of our being. 
that is seeking expression. Okay. That's why I can function as an as an engineer. And when I go into that field, I'm very good at what I do. I know my work and I know it like the back of my palm. When I throw myself into engineering or designing a system, I cross all my T's and I dot all my I's. The same with fashion. Mm. My tailors have a hell time working with me because I'm a perfectionist. And I believe that I have multiple competencies. I can wake up tomorrow and say, you know what? There was time I was going to start a bakery and do bread. There's so many things I want to do in this lifetime. And I'm constantly checking time. Lord, I'm not, no time, no time. Do it now, do it now. And that's why I could leave engineering and go into fashion. And I can leave fashion. I have an NGO and do charity work. And I'll find complete fulfillment doing doing at that things. time. So it's about understanding the multiple competencies that we have as human beings and allowing ourselves to actually experience those impulses and nerves mm. and realizing that it doesn't make us less of any. Rather, it makes us have a fuller experience and a richer experience. Mm. That, that's true. That's true. And on that note, let me say, listeners, this is uh, Lagos Talks 913, as you already know, and the program is Political Artistry. Our guest is Damilola Otubanjo, and I hope I'm pronounce, pronouncing the name right Damilola now. Damilola Otubanjo. Yeah, that, that's it. Damilola Otubanjo, an aspiring... Uh, Member of the National Assembly, Federal Constituency, Federal House of Assembly, Ogun Waterside, Ijebu East and North, yeah, Federal Constituency, of course, in Ogun State. And uh, so, if you're listening, remember I told you about the random act of kindness which we uh, we did yesterday on the program, and we we're saying we're giving out some goodie bags. Some have sent in their WhatsApp messages, some have sent in their tweet, tweeted at us at Lagos Talks 913. And all you have to do is this random act of, act of kindness is simply telling you that there are things that you can do. Uh, just be kind to somebody for no reason, like the representative of Sarah Foundation said yesterday. So, what it means is that we just want you to go on our Twitter page, send us, uh, tweet at us, tell us in your view what it means what a uh, random act of kindness really means. And with that, uh, tweet at us, hashtag uh, I am Sahara FDN, hashtag Lagos Talks 913, and uh, at I am IPOSU. And of course, we choose randomly five people that will be giving some goodie bags to. And of course, you can also send us a WhatsApp message with this uh, in mind on 0809 We'll pick some more winners today and we'll wrap up the Random Acts of Kindness, courtesy Sahara Foundation. So, let's get back to the studio. Okay. Now, with you, I'm just wondering, seeing what you did with energy in Lagos States, your house, I'm sure you don't pay electricity bills right now. I do. <laughs> well, I mean, it should be fully on solar? solar. I use solar. I've been on solar for six years and my light has never gone out. But I use prime, um, electric power as well. But mm. I don't use generator. Don't get generator at all. Wow. So you don't care whether there's scarcity or not? No, I don't care. It doesn't affect me in generator wise, but it affects my car. <laughs> <laughs> I have to send my driver to go get fuel in the two cars today. Yeah. So you know? Yeah. All right. I'm glad, glad you could get some because some yeah, people are still looking get, for fuel right now. All right. So, okay. So now, how's the fashion been like? What do you do in your fashion? Are you a. A boutique owner? Are you a designer? What kind of fashion are you into? Accessories? Are you into the actual garments? What is it that you do? Okay. Now, Milola is the brand name. Okay. And Milola is a group of companies. I mm. have fashion, which is clothing line for women. Okay. And we produce them here. We don't import garments like the boutique companies. Mm. I create the designs, produce them, ready to wear pretty much. That's the part. It's not okay. the boutique one. 
We do outfits on the Milola signature. We do outfit for women that want to be classy and comfortable. Then we have the luxury line where we do outfit for events and occasions. Then just recently, I'm starting the Milola Men, which is a clothing line for men. Mm. But they're all produced locally here. And I, and I like the way you're advertising your brands. I'll just send you the invoice after the program. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can bring the, us some money let from me, that. Let me talk about <laughs> this very quickly. I have the Milola skincare as well. I do skincare products. Mm. I have hair care products. And I have scents. I see. So for me, it's to make every woman a Milola woman. So let me, let me ask you a question now. Um, why then do you want to leave all this and go into politics? Thank you. That's a very beautiful question. There were times when I struggled with the same thing. I said to myself, well, Adam Lola, your business is about to scale. If there's anything you should put your energy on now, it's scaling and getting bigger. Doing politics would distract you massively, and I understand that. But then, like I said, the current level of thinking we have cannot produce the next life if we do not change this current level of thinking. I realized that I can only do this so much by myself. I'm the brand owner, I'm the model, I'm the one who drives the entire process. If you continue at this level, you would not be able to scale. What then do you do? You expand your reach. The more value you bring to the marketplace, determine the resource you take out of the marketplace. Mm. That is what drives why I have multiple businesses. I want to be able to sell skincare products sometimes, sell clothing sometimes, sell for children even later. And I realize if I do not expand my network, I do not have more access to customers. Mm. So for me, it's about a blend between driving business and still being able to serve. The call to serve as a public servant is very, very strong. Okay. I started fashion out of passion. But the call to service is something that has domiciled with me for many years. Even though you appear like I'm just jumping into politics. No, I'm not jumping into politics. Those that know me know that I've been chewing this. I remember there was a man that I was involved with when we were in uni. And okay. I said, I want to be a president. Are you happy to be my first man? You know, it's because I know that I would definitely drive politics someday. I look forward to being part of the change that this country deserves to have. Mm. And I know we will never get ahead by all of us complaining on social media and judging the current government. We have to be part of the change that we want to see. Mm. So for me, fashion is a business. It's a passion. But then there is a deeper calling to serve which will give me a different kind of fulfillment that business definitely will not give, will not give you. All yes. right. So, um, good you talked about this uh, current government abusing. Are you satisfied with the trend of things right now, or with the state of affairs in Nigeria? No, I'm not. Mm. I'm not. And except we want to just be giving political responses, this country is undergoing a significant struggle, mm. just like every part of the world, pretty much. But Nigeria is very peculiar. And one of the reasons why I think... Is not as is as bad as it is. Is because Nigerians have an attitude for adapting and and adjusting mm. as against getting up and working out a change. Okay. If we continue about a god with bad government and we do nothing beyond just complain, and when there's a change in price, all we do we buy. We don't protest. The last one we had, we also I went, and it was a successful one. Even though people think it was not a successful one, mm. it was just the expectation of the outcome was too much compared to the initial level. We're just having a forced revolution, a forced protest in this country. And what happened is natural. What we need to do is to back up, plan, and strategize. We need to have more situations where people complain about bad governance rather than just talk about it on social media, but take active role and responsibility in governance and not just 
as voters, but also come out to 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 run for office. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. Now, what this does to me is I've put myself amongst the rest of the people that I was complaining about. <laughs> if I change side, I move from being a citizen to being a politician. I know that everything I complain about while I was a citizen, they'll complain about me now that I'm a politician. So I've been able to see where, what then can I do differently by changing role and changing responsibility. Mm. It's because sometimes people don't want to be part of the solution. So they stay on the side of the attackers and the and the judges rather than get in the game. They don't want to get their name soiled. They don't want yeah. to get themselves caught up in the frenzy. So they would rather be complaining as again taking active Action. steps to ensure that there's change okay. in this country. All right, since you're talking about taking active steps and since we all know what we see about politicians, so let me ask you this very brazen question and uh, I hope you give me a very straightforward answer. Okay, let's Looking try. at the way politics is, yeah. are you ready to bribe to, to win an uh, election? E- <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you something about hmm. this thing. Okay. There were times when I had to question some of my moves and say, Lord, Lola, you have to have your own core values, which I have. But there's a part that was, I was talking with a, a woman who is a pastor who is also running for office. Okay. And she said something like, we will bribe if we have to bribe. Then when we get there, we change the narrative. Hmm. That's not what I said I would bring. Okay. But I'm so saying, you're quoting somebody? Yes, I'm quoting somebody. But okay. I'm saying that to say that you need to understand the rule of a game. And sometimes you have to play by the rule of the game hmm. so that you can be part of the players and then you can change the rule of engagement. But if you stay on this side and say, I will never, I will never, I would never, I would never, so many things, you will never get a chance to really do what you think you can do. Mm. There's a lot of wisdom that needs to be applied. There's a lot of way to go about maneuvering things. I've had things being put to me that makes people run away from politics and I've had a way of handling them in a way that I can still scale that hurdle without getting too ingrained in that practice. In that practice yeah. yeah, so you have to understand that Giving money to locals, you would give money to locals. They will not sing your praises if you don't do it. It doesn't matter how much of fine English you speak. It doesn't matter how much of novel ideas you have. If you do not play politics the way politics is played, you can never have a chance to sit at the table. Mm. So it's about that. And when we say give money, is it about making sure you give money to people, to leaders? You consider it, just give it a different name. Say they're honorariums so that you can swallow it easy. Because it is what it is. You have to understand the rule of the game and play that role to be able to achieve what you want to achieve. There's mm. just that there are levels of things that you should not make compromise on no matter what. what? All right. yes. And so uh, what you're saying, before I ask you what level it is you're talking about, what you're saying, if I get it, is that it's good to be bad for a good reason. Well, good and bad is relative. No, nothing is either good or bad. It's thinking that makes it so. There's a way you can think about something and it will change completely the meaning All right. someone else gives to it. Mm. So, if you look at that in that context, then it's a function of who's the thinking or who's the thinker from yeah. that event. So, mm. if I have to give money to some people to, for example, secure their votes, it's like uh, enticing them, isn't it? Right? That's what you consider. Mm. You will look at, if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it and they're going to beat you out of this game. So, you never have a chance to even show your best of, of, of effort or your mm. best of intention. So, pretty much that. All right. So it's all about getting there and be, being able to influence. All right. So when, when in, in politics, what is that thing that you can say, I would never do no matter what? Hmm. I would never do. Hmm. I would never kill for political office. I would never, ever shed blood. I would never do anything that 
I know is against the universal law. What guides my life pretty much is laws of life. He who breaks this edge, a serpent must bite. There are universal laws that is not a respect of creed, culture, or race. Once you violate it, there are consequences for it. I know those things and I will never do some things that will break those codes for me. So you will never be able to put it in clear terms. But I know that when I get to that space and something is touching on those things, I'm never going to do it. For me, it's not a do or die affair. It's not, I'm not desperate for office. I believe it's a calling. And if I've been called to serve, the provision, the, the access to help must be made available. If God does not do it, then God is not in it. That's what drives my slogan. You know, right. Nobody. Lobade. I see. Okay. So, so what you're saying is that if you do not get it this time around, are you backing out to say God is not in it? Or no. you try it again no, and again? No, no, no. It would be very foolish. Just like I said, we tried protest one time. If it looked like it didn't work and we all threw our hands in there. Mm. No. It's an investment into my political journey. Nobody owes you anything. You're going to have to fight to get what you want out of life. You do not expect that because you have a pretty face or you can speak big English, then the door will just be opening like that. No, it does not work like that. <laughs> there are people that do not even want light because mm. it makes darkness more uncomfortable for them. People thrive in darkness. So even if you seem to be bringing a better agenda, there's some people that don't want it. Okay. And I've seen that going into the rural communities. So you cannot expect that everything will fall on your laps on the first try. No. If I do not get my coveted seat at this first trial, I'll keep on trying, I'll mm. keep on trying, and I may I may get a different thing, I may get a different platform. The idea is to serve. All right. Pretty much. And I know that government is what drives this country largely. That's why I'm getting into government. If I can do business and have so much money and do charity and still be able to serve, I will pursue that option as well. Okay. So for me, it's not a do or die affair, but it doesn't mean that if I do not get my coveted seat one time, I'm going to give up out. and then pull up. No. All right. Well, what's, what's your thought on youth participation in Nigerian politics? It's inadequate. It's very low. And uh, we're very entitled people. We keep mm. placing demand on government without understanding governance. A lot of people do not even understand the constituency, including myself. We do not even know that as a House of Representatives member, you cannot vote for me. Do you understand? Mm. People do not understand the difference break down the differences between the executive hams, the legislative ham, yeah. the judiciary ham, their own role as citizens. People do not know. Young people get caught up with social media a whole lot and I think we need to wake up from that slumber. We're too distracted mm. and that's one of the things that quote and unquote they take and use against us because they can see we're slumbering. You know, only in October, Sunlomanji, Okinji, Akbororo. You know who is Akbororo? Someone that is daydreaming. We're daydreamers. Young people, Nigerians, youth are daydreamers. We just sit over and wait for things to happen and just think that because we make an online protest or something goes viral, that's going to change. It's not going to change anything. It takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort to make changes happen in this country. And it's high time we roll up our sleeves and get into the murky water politics. We're going to see any significant change in this. How do you see 2023? It's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> I look forward to it. Is it because you're his... participating? No, or... because it's going to define the next few years of this country. There's going to be a lot of part hustle, a lot of change. People are going to be shocked. Mm. You know, there's a shift going on in the spiritual realm. 
that is manifesting in the physical space. Hallelujah. Yeah, so... So, talking spirituality, <laughs> how spiritual are you? I'm very spiritual. Mm. I'm very... I'm not religious. Okay. But I don't do you believe, have a religion? Uh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Okay. But I embrace Buddhism. I embrace Islam. I embrace every religion of truth. As long as we all tend towards the light. One, the more we continue to bring separation, the more we continue to suffer. The moment we come to the, reali the realization that we are all one connected we are all god having human experience in different form and embrace other people and allow them be and not think that we're superior or we're better the more we're gonna suffer in this country as an as a race in fact not even nigerian we see the chinese people show differentiation from the euro mm. from you know you see brexit eggs happen you wonder what you're going on about that's why they're punishing themselves mm. can we not just unite as one front okay and understand that people are different and allow them to be different and accept the uniqueness and the difference that we all as individuals. Okay. We're not all supposed to be the same people. People, yeah, yeah. that's it. All right, listeners, uh, this is a Political Art History. My guest is Damlola Otubanjo, and uh, we're also live on Instagram at Lagos Talks 913. So because I'm sure you're hearing the voice, you're hearing the kind of English he's speaking, the tenacity, uh, focus, all in the voice, and you might want to know who she is, join us on Instagram live at uh, Lagos Talks 913. Now, those that are joining will not forgive me if I don't ask. You're married? Yes, I am. Okay. All right, to Mr. Otubanjo. No, no. Okay. My Otubanjo is my father's name, actually. Ah, okay. I married a Makindikwe. A Makindikwe. Yes. Ah, I and see. I have two daughters. Okay, okay. Great, great, great. <laughs> so that means politics is going to prevent you from having more kids? No, I choose not to. Ah, okay. So, oh, okay. I thought you took a break and you were going to continue. No, I choose not to. Not that I will never. I just, for now, I'm fine. You might have a retirement baby sometime. Maybe later, later if I feel like it, I can think. You know, I'm always trying different things in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I can just live with someone and say, you know what, damn Lola, I think another baby will not be a bad mm. idea. But for now, I think I'm fine. I fine, feel fulfilled yeah. as a mother. I've experienced that part of my life, mm. being a mother. Okay. And I'm raising two amazing girls who, they need me to be all that I can be so that they can be all that I can mm. be. How did your husband feel when you told him you were going into politics? He knew from the get-go that I'm going to run for office. So he probably thought I was joking and probably would not follow through with those desires. But he understands that it is what it is. How close are you with the grassroots? I go home every now and again. Even you before now or? More now. Before okay. now, I used to make trees once in a while. But if you really don't have anything there, you know, you really don't have anything there. Mm. Let's not pretend like you have to be nicer. Yeah. Something takes you home, and the more it becomes necessary, the more you have to be done. So every now and again now, I go home, I frequent my hometown, I have meetings with my people, try and look around and connect with the struggles and see where we can make a change. Because trust me, the grassroots is highly, highly neglected. We in Lagos were coasting. The people on that end of town did not have light in one year. One day, not a day far, has been available in my community. In, uh in Waterside. O waterside. Yes. Okay. In my own local government, even in the Jebu East, the power is so epileptic. They hardly have power twice in a month, in, in, in six months. It's horrible. It's horrible. So At this time and age, with all the advent of social media, mm -hmm. you'll be shocked to see that some people never had light, not one day. And here in Lagos, we're complaining, oh, we get 12 hours, it's not enough. We really need to be able to sometimes just be in other people's shoes. Then mm. we'll just take a chill pill. I see. 
All right, it's been wonderful having you here. Uh, we wish you the best in your uh, your endeavor to in politics. Your, I mean, your you get into politics really, and uh, let let we pray it goes out according to what you. Amen. Planned. All right, so Amen. that's all I can see on behalf of myself and the listeners, and uh, thank you for passing through the studio thank today. Thank you. Thank you. It's for been having fun me. having it's you. It's been here. an amazing chat. Great, great, great. And uh, probably when you come on other programs, we wouldn't be this chatty. We'll be drilling you to find out what you have to offer. No problem. But I'm happy just to come again. All right. Yeah. All right. So, listeners, this has been Political Artistry this evening with Damilola Otubanjo and uh, a, an aspiring uh, House, of it House of Representative uh, for the Ogun Waterside, Ijebu East and North. Yes, in Ogun State. And uh, want to get to the National Assembly there, Federal Constituency. And, uh, well, it's been fun, it's been musical, and it's been political artistry on Lagos Talks 913.